The Bible's book of Genesis tells us how all things began by assuming the eternal existence of God, who had no beginning. That will make your mind swirl. However, Genesis does more than reveal the origin of life. It also explains how death, disease, suffering, and bloodshed came into the world. It sheds light on our dark side and unmasks the source of evil. Genesis establishes the unifying theme of the Bible, our need for a savior to redeem us from the penalty and power of sin. Finally, Genesis answers the big questions of life relating to identity, origin, purpose, and destiny. Who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? The ultimate road trip through the Bible starts with Genesis. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Who am I? How did I get here? Why am I here? Where am I going? Answers come your way next on this Tuesday edition of Something Good. Hello and welcome to another day of teaching from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for stopping by. Today, Ron takes us to the book of Genesis to talk about our identity, our origin, our purpose, and our destiny. Along the way, he'll explain why Satan spends so much time and energy attacking the book of Genesis. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's our new and expanded website, somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Genesis, the beginning of all things. What does the Bible tell us about our identity? Well, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 27 tells us, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It's a powerful verse of Scripture. Image, we might say, is everything. I mean, it answers so many questions. To be created in the image of God. This is what separates you and I, humankind, from every other aspect of creation. You're different than the animals because you're stamped with God's logo. The rest of, you know, the material world, it's not stamped with the image of God. God said everything he created was good when he created you and I in his image. He says it's very good. And and later in the flow of God's story, the psalmist David in Psalm 139, he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and my soul is confused about my identity. No, he said my soul knows it very well. The, The people who who are most assured of their identity, who they are, are those who start with the assumption, I am created in the image of God. Genesis goes on to explain this a little bit. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Wow, I had never thought in my 30 years of ministry I'd have to emphasize this. But here we are, friends, 
in a culture that has drifted so far away from the book of Genesis to explain anything about our origin, purpose, or destiny. We've, dr we've drifted so far away. We're over here in a, a ditch somewhere. No wonder people are confused about their identity. I received a piece of mail from the Department of Motor Vehicles just a little bit before Christmas, and uh, they told me it was time to, to uh, update my driver's license. It was about to expire. Um, and so they, they wanted me to fill out this form, you know, name, address, social security number, all that kind of information. And then there was a line that asked male, female, or non-binary. First time I've seen that on a government form, non-binary. I heard somebody the other day say there are a hundred different genders, choose one. At the risk of being canceled by somebody or having my Twitter account, which I don't have, you know, eliminated, I'll go on record as to say from the beginning of time, God was binary. He created us male and female. And male and female have something to do with the image of God. Now, follow me on this. The devil will do anything to assault the image of God. It started in this generation with abortion on demand. Murder is an assault upon the image of God. That's why the consequences in Scripture are so high. Marriage has been redefined. Boy, are we messing with marriage. But you read on in Genesis chapter 2 in the first marriage and it's male and female, and the ripple of that as a picture of the gospel and our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Marriage was God's idea. It's not the culture's idea. But what an assault upon the image of God. Now, gender. Are you kidding me? Strike one, strike two, strike three. The devil is attacking the image of God at just about every turn. And we need some sensibility about us as followers of Jesus Christ who say, no, we're going to go to the book of Genesis to answer the big questions of life. God has revealed himself to us. God has given us the answers about identity, origin, purpose, and destiny. If I could summarize it, we are created in the image of God, male and female, to glorify him and enjoy him forever. Furthermore, God is preparing an eternal home for those whom he has redeemed by his grace and through faith in his son Jesus, who is the Christ. And like Abraham, let's bring Abraham into the picture here. Like Abraham, by faith, here's our destiny. We are looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. I get all of that from the book of Genesis and a little bit from Hebrews. So Genesis answers uh, the big questions of life. A second uh, big idea from the beginning is this, Genesis establishes the unifying theme of the Bible, which is our need for a Savior. Remember, it's one story. One story from Genesis all the way to Revelation, 66 books of the Bible. One continuous story. It's all about God's desire to have a relationship with us. That relationship got disrupted violently, we might say, in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve, who were created not in perfection but in innocence and with a free will, 
chose to disobey God. They sinned against God. And the consequences God warned them about were enacted. You will surely die. That's how death entered the world. It was because sin entered the world. Read Romans chapter 5 and see how Paul connects all of that to the Genesis story. And from that point on, from Genesis chapter 3 on, it's all about God repairing and reconciling the brokenness in our lives and in our world. How was he going to do that? Well, uh, let, me, let me just tell a little bit of that story in the unifying three theme in, in three different little vignettes found in the book of Genesis. First, in Genesis chapter 3, related to the fall of humankind that I just mentioned. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. That little nursery rhyme is a, is a great summary of Genesis chapter 3. Humpty Dumpty can't fix himself. No amount of uh, self-help you know, therapy is going to fix you or fix me. Only God can fix us. And, and he took the initiative to do so in Genesis chapter 3. And what we find in Genesis 3, I just want to take you to a couple of what... Um, Um, some some pictures, some foreshadowings of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that we find all the way back in the book of Genesis. For example, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 21, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife Eve garments of skin and clothed them. Remember, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned against God, they discovered, oh, we're naked, and they were ashamed. And what did Adam and Eve do? They ran for the bushes, and they blamed one another. Boy, how telling of humanity is that? And then they sewed for themselves fig fig leaves to cover their nakedness. God comes into the garden that day and says, Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? An omniscient God knew exactly where he was, but he was trying to call him out of the bushes and take responsibility for what he did. And uh, a little bit later on into the story, it turns out that the fig leaves that they sewed for themselves were not sufficient. And the Lord made some clothing for them. I say a Hugo Boss suit for for Adam. And uh, ladies, you choose your designer. But the Lord God made for Adam and his wife, he garments of skins and clothed them. Just meditate upon that a little bit. What happened here? Two animals were sacrificed. A blood sacrifice was necessary. Theologians refer to this as the proto-evangelium, the first gospel, the first picture we see that in the larger arc of God's plan to redeem us, a blood sacrifice was necessary. We go through the history of the Old Testament and the Uh, the sacrifice and the blood of bulls and goats and the perfect spotless lamb and all of that, leading up to the time of Christ when John the Baptist said, oh, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, pointing to Jesus Christ. And we learn that his once for all blood sacrifice on the cross is what ultimately fixes what is wrong in us and brings us back into a right relationship with God. But we have a foreshadowing of it, a glimpse of it in uh, the book of Genesis.
We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, be sure to access Something Good Digital Library. With more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones, search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, the Something Good Digital Library at somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good Radio and free resources like the Something Good Digital Library only exist through the faithful prayer and financial support of listeners like you. Today, as you give, we'll give you access to an ebook written by Dr. Ron Jones that goes along with this part of his series called Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. This 45-page digital resource is based on the books of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org, that's somethinggoodradio.org, or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Genesis, the beginning of all things. Even earlier in Genesis chapter 3 and verse uh, 15, the Lord says to the serpent, to the devil, and to Eve, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He, that is the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman, uh, a reference to the coming of Messiah, he shall bruise your head, serpent, and you shall bruise his heel. A picture here of the cross of Christ and how Christ, through his death and his payment for our sins on the cross, stepped on the serpent's head, bruised his heel, and, and bruised uh, the head of the serpent as well. So Genesis is amazing in this way, these, this picture of the gospel. I go on a little bit further into um, the flood narrative. Remember Noah and the flood, Genesis 6, 7, and 8? God had very specific architectural plans for Noah, and he built this massive boat, uh, larger than, I don't know, three or four football fields. It took him 100 years to build it by faith. Not a drop of water anywhere around Noah. And um, not to get too deep into the story, but one of the things that's significant and that points to Jesus Christ, who is our ark of safety, from which we are rescued from the judgment to come, that's the picture here. But there was one door in this massive sea vessel, one door. What did Jesus say? I am the door of the sheep. Different analogy from the shepherding world. But I'm, I'm the door, he said. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. The world wants to tell us philosophy, religion, maybe even science, that there are many different ways to God. No, there was one door in the ark, only one. There's one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus, Paul says in the New Testament. And we get a picture of this in the Genesis story. By the way, a story that is more maligned than you could possibly imagine because the devil wants to destroy the book of Genesis because it sets up so many things uh, later in the, in the book. The third one I'll just touch on is the story of Joseph, chapters 37 through 50. 
Joseph is one of the four patriarchs, the main characters of chapters 12 through 50. Abraham, Isaac, the promised child, Jacob, and then there's Joseph. And many people see a picture of Jesus in the life of Joseph. Uh, because first he was the special object of his father's love. Do you remember the coat of many colors that Joseph got from his father? And he pranced around a little too pridefully as a 17-year-old boy and his brothers threw him into a pit. They were jealous of him, later sold him into slavery. Well, Joseph was uh, the special object of his father's love. He was despised and rejected by his brothers. He was later punished for a crime he did not commit. Remember, he gets sold into slavery in Egypt, and he begins serving in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's wife had an eye for this uh, young, handsome Joseph and tried to, you know, seduce him. And he runs away. He says, how can I disobey God and, you know, Potiphar, your husband? She frames a different narrative, and uh, next thing you know, Joseph's in jail. Are you kidding me? Punished for a crime he did not commit. Ultimately raised from humiliation to rule over others by the hand of God. And only by the sovereign hand of God was Joseph taken from the prison. And next he becomes prime minister. And the book of Genesis ends with Jacob and 70 members of his family migrating to Egypt. Back to Egypt to escape the famine where they reunite with Joseph, who forgives them. Uh, what man meant for evil, God meant for good. We go, way to go, Joseph. But does any of this sound vaguely familiar? Does it, does it, does it look kind of like Jesus? You've got to read through the Bible, understanding that some of the story behind the story is a setup for the larger arc of God's story. Why the Bible is so amazing. Written over 1,600 years by 40 different human authors, three different continents, three different languages, but one God who is superintending the orchestration of this to where the continuity of Scripture, perhaps in and of itself, argues for divine inspiration. Listen, I don't know where you are in your journey of life. You may be at a place where your heart is full of despair, and you don't know where to go for answers. I'm glad you're here at the beginning of this ultimate road trip through the Bible, but I want to encourage you to pick up this book. You may pick it up with some doubt in your heart. That's okay. God's been dealing with doubt for a lot of years. But if you come with an open heart and an open mind and begin reading God's story, maybe even with the, the question, God, if, if you're real, and I don't know if you are, just reveal yourself to me. But you, you, you just read the Bible, not what somebody else says about the Bible, even what I say about it. Read it for yourself and see if... Um, before very long, God begins to reveal himself to you in a very personal and special way. Understand it's one story. Along the way, we'll make the Christ connection in every book of the Bible because he's there. Wait till we get to Exodus. Oh, my! 
the picture of our salvation. Because at the end of the book of Genesis, about 400 years later, the Hebrews end up enslaved in Egypt. Do you know what sin does in our lives very quickly? It puts us in bondage. But the God of the Bible wants to set us free. Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And you'll be free indeed. And all along the way, on the ultimate road trip through the Bible, whether we're in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, or Habakkuk for that matter, I'm going to point you to Christ. Because that's ultimately where God's story is going. It's all about the Christ connection, I call it in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, okay, roll with me in the imagery, the Jesus juncture. All right? It's all about Him. We know Him by title in the Old Testament, the Messiah who is to come. A name is given to Him in Bethlehem. This Christ shall be called Jesus. It's an amazing story. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good Radio message, Genesis, the beginning of all things. And Ron, you talked about four critical questions we all ask ourselves. Who am I? How did I get here? Why am I here? And where am I going? It seems to me the second question, how did I get here, would help us answer the other three. Why do you think that question has been so difficult to answer for so many people? Brian, I believe the short answer is that many people have been deceived by Satan. Atheists and evolutionists, for example, criticize Christians for relying on faith. And yet it takes far more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe in creation. So everyone, believers and non-believers alike, live by faith. We always have. And when you consider the vast amount of evidence that points to intelligent design, set over against the absolute dearth of evidence that supports evolution, well, Brian, that simply underscores just how deceived many people are. But let me go one step further. Everyone is born with an innate knowledge of God. Every single person who has ever lived has that knowledge. It's written into our DNA, and creation itself makes it evident. I don't have the time to read the entire passage, but in Romans chapter 1, verses 19 through 25, the Apostle Paul makes two critical points. First, he says, all those who do not believe in God are without excuse, because God has made his existence evident to every person. Second, Paul says, some have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Now, think of what that means. You cannot exchange something unless you first possess it. So they had the truth of God within them, they had that knowledge, and they exchanged it for a lie. This takes us right back to the spiritual deception. Satan will do everything in his power to deceive mankind about his origin, because the devil knows if he does that, he can deceive mankind about everything else. And that's why it's so important for us as believers in Christ to shed a little light on the creation story found in the book of Genesis in hopes of leading others to faith in Jesus Christ. I love what you said about the amount of faith it takes to not believe in God. And it's true. Thanks for those final thoughts from your message, Genesis, the beginning of all things. As we wrap things up for the day, tell us what's in store for us next time as you move ahead in your series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. 
Well, Brian, one of the major events in the book of Genesis, of course, is the fall of man. Now, the creation account is critical, paramount to our understanding of man's origin, but the entrance of sin into the world was a real game changer. Sin puts us in bondage. But the God of the Bible wants to set us free. He's a liberator, an emancipator. So next time, we're gonna see a great example of this concept, God setting us free from bondage, setting us free from slavery to sin and death, and leading us into the abundant, joyful Christian life. That's what the book of Exodus is all about, and that's where we're headed next time as I continue my teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. That's tomorrow in Dr. Ron Jones' message, Exodus, Freedom from Slavery. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.